Welcome to the first episode of a brand new series of Your Time on the Run, the Hunted podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me is the guy who has definitely slept in a bin before, Anthony Williams. Just last night. Hello. And the lady who, like Loren, got into her job knowing nothing about how to like children, Michelle Pierce Denovan. <laughs> Hello. New Year, same jokes. Hey. I know. I was ready. Consistency. I was in the shower this morning, thinking it's coming. It's coming. And we are back, and I definitely won't clip that clip, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back for a new series after 11 months of not speaking to each other because we don't speak to each other outside the podcast nope, that's no, true why would i speak to you two well i say that me and Ant occasionally speak and the last time me and michelle spoke on skype she found out about a little secret i was keeping from her mm. just uh just saying mr williams did keep that secret from for nearly a year from you so direct all your right towards him as well it wasn't easy you haven't been on a show in a year now. You really need to get back on. You do, Ant. I agree. Mm, that is very true. I'm working on it, actually. So we'll see. So in case you don't know what I'm talking about, I was on The Chase in September. I was awesome. Got the fourth highest score of the year. Was the highest person not to get through the head-to-head, but we'll skip over that. And <laughs> Michelle, as is traditional with my quiz show appearances now, did not know anything about it. That's right. It's how it works. And we get the... Uh, the shocked reactions, which I love giving up. It's just how the world goes around. We'll never get we'll never get one better than the no way. No way! <laughs> <laughs> which, can I point out, I do use at work as well. I have that gif on my work computer, just in case. Just in case oh the, the reaction of no way is needed. Seriously? Yeah. <sighs> you need a need gif. I don't. Just need need to actually win some money on a quiz show next time. That's what I yes. need. Yeah, yeah, that would be good to uh, break that record of never winning on anything. <laughs> Stupid literature <laughs> questions, felling me as always. <laughs> so anyway, we're back, and it's going to be the same old shit. Let's be honest. We're going to talk some trash about these people who who can be unhunted. We're going to pick some holes in people's arguments who say that hunted's rigged and opaque yeah. and. Michelle's going to get annoyed at the wraith-like Dr. Donna, as always. <laughs> Doing this podcast has changed the way I watch Hunted, because all I do now is look for Dr. Donna and think, how will Michelle tear her apart? <laughs> well, she didn't do anything this time. I just saw her face and went, oh, here she is. <laughs> as soon as she appeared on screen the first time, I thought, I need to write down something about Dr. Donna, and boy, does she look like a wraith from a horror film. Oh my God, what's happened to her hair? She looked like the girl from the ring. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, she was actually reminding me of someone from Harry Potter. Moaning Myrtle? The blonde... No. <laughs> the really blonde one. Luna? Luna uh, Lun- something? Yeah, but... Luna Lovegood. Yeah. But someone who hadn't looked good because she hasn't had any sleep at all. <laughs> I hope Dr. Donna never hears this. <laughs> oh my god. She... I don't know what she was doing. What she was thinking to go on camera with that hair. I don't know. I don't understand. Also, fun fact, Dr. Donna does make a cameo in uh, Blex's new book. Oh, does she? I was reading it when oh. it came out in uh, in October, and yep, her and... Um, she works with a professor, I think it is normally, and her and the professor uh, make an appearance in the book. Oh. Helping me out with the, uh, the case that's in that book. Interesting. So anyway, hunted. Yes. Let's begin. So we start with our usual pre-episode montage, beginning with Jess and Emma having KFC. 
Yeah, because no, <laughs> nobody's ever fallen foul of eating fast food on Hunted. And no one's ever fallen foul of eating KFC on a Kevin O'Leary created program. <laughs> you have caught up on the heist, haven't you, Michelle? I, I didn't watch all of it. I watched some of it. I didn't watch all of it. You've seen the second episode, though, haven't you? Um, yeah. The one where they buy a shitload of KFC and it basically gets them caught. Why, why do people do this stuff? Because there are rules that they have to stick their heads above the parapet occasionally. Mm. Just maybe not sensible to do it yes. in KFC. Yes. yes. What, what do we all think of the heist, by the way? I like it. Not as much as Hunted. I think there's the the genesis of a good idea in there, but I think my issue mainly boils down to the fact that the detectives are a lot less likeable than the hunters. Yeah, and I think the, the pace was very, very different, wasn't it? It felt like five episodes leading up to one really good, interesting episode. It was almost, almost like the final episode was a bit like a hunted episode, but leading up to it, it felt a little bit slow to me. It was just a, it was a bit weird, and I feel a bit bad about criticising it, but it was just a bit weird that... The detectives did seem really unlikable, and even in Hunted's stupidest moments, you can kind of have a soft spot for a lot of the the hunters we do. And you don't necessarily root against them, you just root for the fugitives unless, you know, there's 500 quid on the line. But but I think the detectives, especially sort of halfway through the series, were really unlikable. Yeah, I think you're right. It, It nearly worked, just didn't quite do it. I think if it had a second series... There's bits of it that I would change, but it's sort of about 60-70% there, I would say. It was, it was enjoyable. Yeah. And there are another 10 fugitives on the run for 25 days, and as always, they go through unnecessary security, because you don't need fingerprints or mouth swabs or anything. <laughs> but it looks good, doesn't it? <laughs> it looks good, but it irritates me every time I see it. And Blex wants them to go through everything. Of course he does. He, he's going for a clean sweep this year, I can feel it. Whether he'll get one is another story, but... Of course he won't. No, because the show doesn't work without Blex losing every time. It's the, <laughs> the Charlie Brown principle. <laughs> goes to kick oh. the ball, goes to get a clean sweep, and the fugitives just swipe it away at the last second. Yep. And I thought it was interesting that the montage ended on a clip that we saw in the preview at the end of Celebrity Hunted of the... Um, of the hunters going through the abandoned warehouse and going, uh, come here, mate. But I noticed, looking at it, that it's from the fugitive's position. Mm. Yeah. Really? It, it's shot a bit weird, isn't it? You wouldn't know it unless you were looking for it, but I was trying to work out who it was in that we could see on camera, and it's the hunters we can see on camera. Yeah. It's George. Yes. Yes, it's an odd scene, that is. Which means that it's filmed with a GoPro attached to the fugitive's chest, and I have a suspicion on who it is from a clothing choice. I think it's Harry, looking at the hoodie. It looks like Harry's grey hoodie to me, on the wrist. So, the starting point is the shore of the River Mersey, as we maybe knew in May, because they got all the filming permits and everyone found out it was going to be Liverpool. And the fugitives are travelling by jet boat to Canning Dock. And... In the most offensive bit of the entire episode, Nick and Danny have been split up. No, what is going on? What is that all? The world is not right. Uh, It almost took the gloss off of the one minute into the show. (laughs) You know I love a good... (laughs) It wasn't... It's not enough. It's not enough. That come on isn't as good as other years. 
it's not, I like well, that. What is because, it? It's because she's not, she's not got a number one ride with it. It's, it's, it's terrible. I, I don't know why they've done this. This is a this is a travesty. I will start some sort of petition against it, I think. Bring back Nick and Danny in the same car. <laughs> it's the only bit of the montage that I deliberately didn't mention because I know Ant loves it. Come on! Come on! See, she's higher this time. Yeah. I like it when she's lower. It's the effects of having Jordan in a car with her. I know. Not the same, but never mind. And Hunter Paul gets the privilege of being in a helicopter to unnecessarily watch everything. Yeah, which <laughs> is a bit strange, isn't it? Watching them start the journey just feel a little bit unfair. And it's also weird that they were actually allowed to have getaway drivers this time, because last year they weren't. Mm. And I wonder why. Maybe it's because St. Peter's Square is more pedestrianised than Kang Dock is, but... Yeah, and also because maybe because they've got the advantage of they're circling above them in a helicopter as they start. It at least gives them a bit of a chance, I guess. But they were last yeah. year. They had helicopters yeah. last year, definitely, because yeah. one yeah, but went did, over me. But did they have hunters in them, or were they just doing aerial shots to, to send back as footage? I don't think they specifically had hunters in there, but Blex could definitely control the camera. Oh, okay. I think it's probably just a case of maybe having the filming permits different between Manchester and Liverpool. And we start to learn about the teams, so we have our first two, who I'm expecting an impression of and of, in Nick and Paul, <laughs> who are friends from Kenton, Hertfordshire, and Nick is an ex-con. Why, why are you expecting an impression about them, guys? It's all about a buzz, isn't it? All about a buzz. Legal. Legal buzz, obviously. I didn't realise Blex was a fugitive. Oh, come yeah. on. <laughs> I told Anne, Anne um, a couple of days ago that I was expecting a Nick and Paul impression because <laughs> it's in his totally, wheelhouse. Totally different from Blacks. It's like nearly an octave uh, above. Yes, yes, definitely. You know, um, Paul James actually reminds me. I don't know whether you wouldn't know about this show, Michael, but Ant might. You know, Seven Up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Um, Paul James reminds me of Tony. So much, which is the the guy who used to be a jockey when he was young. He just looked like him so much. I think it's his eyes. Um, yeah. yeah, I keep thinking of him. Mm. Uh, yeah, I do know the shoe. I, I haven't seen it for a long time. They're up to they're in their sixties now, aren't they? Those people. So. Yeah, yeah, I think. I just heard old people white noise there. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was one of the very first reality shows. You should do your history. I am aware of yes. it. I'm teasing you both. Yeah. I'm aware of it. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I'm aware of it. Yeah. Well, I had to watch it because of, you know, being a teacher and looking at children and how you affect them from when they're seven. So, yeah, I had to watch that for uni. But you know as well as I do, Michelle, that you don't care about kids. Or your own kids. Not at, at all. Not at all. Strangers' kids, you're <laughs> kind of indifferent towards, but your own kids. I believe the <sighs> official line is you keep them in a cage. I can't remember who said mm, that. I start back in two year, two weeks. I start back, and uh, yeah, I've got the cage ready. I think that might have been Bindles who suggested that, actually. But <laughs> We talk a lot about you, Michelle. Oh, dear. That's, that's a worry. Don't you have anything better to do? No. No, I, yeah. I, I spend most of my day chatting shit about the people I podcast with. See oh, Logan. Good. And our second team are Emma and Jess, who are nurses from Devon, and believe you need to outwit and outplay the Hunters. But can mm. they outlast the competition? That can't be a coincidence, can it? No, they will They must have seen Survivor. They must have done so. If they're listening, <laughs> please, please come speak to us, because we can talk a lot about that show too. 
Um, how old are they? I miss them. Their ages. Twenty four and twenty seven. I want to say. Okay. Yeah. Blonde one's definitely twenty seven. I think the other one was uh, twenty three, twenty four. Mm, there's a lot around this age, isn't there? I rewatched their intro like an hour ago at most. I should know this. So, yeah, me too. But it just goes in one ear out the other. But we didn't get to find much more about them, really, did we? Apart from their nurses. So no, it's mm. one of the examples of a team who we probably won't see until. Their KFC incident. Yeah. And our next ones are Harry and Frank, who are brothers from Essex and East Sussex, and Harry loves hide-and-seek, because he was always really good at it. Yeah. I, I would imagine as a child he probably hid in a lot of closets, but since then, maybe he's come out of them. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> that was off the cuff. I didn't even... Mm. That's crazy. You're on, you're on... And yet it's not even the most offensive thing anyone said about him in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Because Frank did have a quote halfway through the episode where I winced and thought, you're lucky you're not on social media. (laughs) Are we going to hear this or are you going to wait? You're going to wait, okay. We'll wait until we get there because I think it'll need discussing. And our next person, and probably my favourite person because he's, he's just insane, is Matt the Marine, who's stationed in Devon but actually from Lancashire. Oh. And he's taught to survive and excel. Yeah, if he doesn't oh go God. far, oh, this guy could be brilliant, couldn't he? Mm. Seriously, he, he's insane. He's like Jamie on steroids. Number one, he just wants to lead the hunters up a mountain, which is mental, especially when you notice on the map that comes up in the middle of the episode that he's actually in North Wales. So he's probably heading like towards Snowdon. Yeah, Why didn't they mention he was in Wales? I don't know, because I was trying to work out roughly where everyone was. Pretty much everyone stayed kind of towards Liverpool. And then Nick and Paul went to Cromer in Norfolk. Matt was in uh, North Wales, so probably heading towards Snowdon. And then Loren was in uh, Fort William. Matt being in Wales gives me a little cause for concern. And, and I'm sure our open source investigators will back this up. But I saw a tweet about someone getting caught in Wales. So, oh, yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh no!" Tell me he's not going in episode two. I don't think he'll go in episode two. They'll they'll do a Jamie treatment. He'll be seizing the hunters in episode two, then go in episode three, I reckon. And the fact that we learn later in the episode that he did Land's End to John O'Groats in seven days, which is mental when it usually takes people about ten to fourteen, and has the world record for rowing between Lanzarote and Barbados. Which, yeah. which on the face of it sounds pretty impressive, but I'd love to know how many people have actually done that journey. I'm not sure. I didn't do my research on it, but also the fact that he's rowed like thousands of miles. Oh yeah, is I mean, nuts. I, I, I don't want to take anything away from the the accomplishment, but it doesn't feel like that's a record that people are making that many attempts on. Mostly because it's nuts. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's legitimately insane. Yeah, and that's <laughs> why we like him. <laughs> And then one of our other favourites, who me and Ant had a little uh, a little Twitter dealings with, shall we say, yesterday, uh, who is Loren, who's from Essex and works in banking, but is weirdly listed as a barmaid for the Royal British Legion by HQ, and she is in banking despite knowing nothing about finance. So she she was on Twitter with you yesterday? Yeah, she was very active on Twitter with me and Ant yesterday. Yes, I woke up. 
and and literally I was tagged in I don't know how many and I couldn't understand where the beginning of the thread was. So and I was it was all these sheep things and a random girl who I didn't know and I'm like, what the hell? I don't even know how to reply, who to reply to. I just left it. And weirdly it was on the RTV Warriors account rather than my personal one. But yeah, there was a lot of sheep puns going back and forth between <laughs> me and Ant and Steven and Lorraine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was just a pun slinging battle and I, I think she held her own, which is very good. And on the mm. face of it, given that she was wearing yellow and the obvious, like, day one capture, oh I was slightly worried that she was going to be a lecturer from last year and just get caught in on day one at the bus station. But no, she's actually excelled. And she's delightful. She is. She's very, very good. She's very funny. I seriously hope we get to see lots of her. And spoilers, she's almost certainly going to be the banner for this episode. Because she had some amazing reactions to things. And she starts off the the hunt by, well, dropping everything. Oh my gosh. Why wasn't the bag done up? Like, seriously. I'm sorry, Lauren, if you're listening, but why wasn't your bag done up? I knew as soon as she started dropping stuff, Michelle would be going in. <laughs> and why isn't she, why is she wearing yellow? I mean, come on. Has she watched the show before? Jesus. You know as well as I do that almost certainly the clothing will have gone through approval by somebody in production. Oh, of course they approved it. Of course they approved yellow. I was slightly despairing of her and then I immediately came round on her when she just started like dropping everything and confusing Dr. Donna. I, I was hashtag Team Lorraine from minute one. I think she's brilliant. Mm. And our final pair are Ish and Nate, who are friends from Nottingham. And they promise new tactics that we've never seen before, such as having rollerblades. Brilliant. What? You know, when when I heard that there was two lads from Nottingham going on it, I thought, well, of course they'll have blades, but I wasn't expecting them to be on their feet. <laughs> just once, I would love to see a hunter attempt to capture, and then someone just go, switch blade! Yeah, something tells me that Kevin O'Leary is probably planned for that in the rules. They, they need the shoes that are sort of rollerblades and shoes, like the roller skates. Yeah, because that's just not going to work. Actual proper rollerblades, they were. Yeah, they were yeah. proper rollerblades, and they obviously have had a lot of experience with them. I suspect we'll never see them again, but, oh, no. but it was great to see. I assume that they were probably left in the car boot when they were picked up. And Steve has all the coach and train stations monitored and looks very pleased with himself for having the coach and train stations monitored. I love Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Steve's one of my favourites in HQ because he actually does respond to us. And Hunter Nick says that she wants another day one capture, but she's not going to get one. And Loren drops her jumper under a canopy as she's trying to sort everything out. But she ends up weirdly being the first one to escape the city centre. Yeah. By, by some margin. So. Yeah. And there's a Blex quote I need you to say, Ant, given that we need our Blex every week now. It's a requirement. Mm-hmm. I didn't write one down at the state. What is it? Find me two fugitives on rollerblades. <laughs> Find <laughs> two fugitives on rollerblades. Know what I mean? <laughs> and Ish and Nate escape with the help of an accomplice. Matt gets changed and then hopes someone else will be targeted. And Nick and Paul get spotted by Doug from the helicopter. And then we learn a bit more about Nick and Paul, probably because they're almost certainly getting caught five minutes into next week's episode. 
Yeah, backstory alert. <laughs> this episode was, I'd say, about 60% Nick and Paul, mainly because this is the only footage of Nick and Paul we're going to see. And Nick says that he wasn't a good criminal and didn't know you were supposed to get away with it. And Paul says he's never been caught by the police and has slept in a bin and a car boot before. I like the bit yeah. how he, he got his house raided for five days on the trot, and by the fourth day he'd give him a key, but they didn't need it because the doors were already off the hinges. Yeah. <laughs> and we also learned, thanks to HQ, that Nick has 41 convictions, the last of which was in 2008. There you go. Ten, ten years of going straight. Good on him. 41! Oh my lord. And I think Ant can speak to this. In most TV show applications, I'm not sure about the hunted one because I would never touch it with a barge pole, but there's always a question saying, is there anything in your past that we maybe need to know about? But you're right. In this case, they probably went, oh, check this out. Yeah. So they obviously had to declare all this, but also, will he have needed to actually scan an entire piece of A4 in? (laughs) Probably. Yeah, it's got a a little box that says, have you got any convictions? But in this case, it'll be like, see attached. Yeah, needed to write on both sides of the paper for this one. (laughs) But wouldn't wouldn't production see that and think, oh, these are our boys, you know? Rather than any other show where you'd see that and go, oh, maybe not. What is Hunted? Oh, yeah, let's have them. Yeah, they'd see that and think, this is a great story, but can we get this past legal and standards? Mm. That's the question, because I suspect someone at Channel 4 maybe had to approve them being on. Yeah, but t- ten years since last conviction, they'll all be spent convictions, so yeah. it's fine. And, and you know, they're doing some really good stuff now. They're helping p- help people and rehabs. They did it and all that. I thought it was quite interesting that Paul was being very deliberate with his wording about having never been caught by the police. Yeah, I think Sherlock alluded to it as well. Didn't I think there's probably something that he put on his form that maybe they're not allowed to talk about on TV. Because we had the Sherlock context in there. And I'm still waiting for the day when Sherlock actually in- endorses his name, by the way. Well, <laughs> when was it? A couple of months ago, I, I think I directly mentioned him and tagged him and... It didn't seem to surprise him that I was calling him Sherlock pretty much to his face. Oh no, I'm pretty sure that the entirety of HQ have a WhatsApp group where he's probably nicknamed Sherlock now. And that's our effect. <laughs> I would just like him to change his, his Twitter name to Ben Sherlock Owen. That's all I want. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> and Nick and Paul come up with a pretty impressive plan that goes pretty impressively wrong. In that they don't just bring along an associate to get them out of the city, they bring along two friends to pose as them, as decoys. I liked that. That was good. Great idea on the face of it. Bad idea when you consider that they are obviously wearing different shoes and look completely different. Yeah, they should have thought about that. I mean, but that's hard. I mean, it's something really small, but yeah, glaringly white soles will do that. But it's a great move. Good idea. Future fugitives. Bear that in mind. Nothing wrong with a good decoy. There's nothing wrong with a good decoy, but you actually have to try and make sure that they look something like you. I want to know how they fit four men in the back seat of that car. <laughs> that was that was quite <laughs> nice. Nice move, not Nick level nice. That's... Yeah, there's no wig and overalls involved, and I'm pretty sure Nick thought about it enough to change shoes with the guy who was his decoy. But still, you know, good good to see some creative moves in episode. Mm. 
and everyone does manage to escape Liverpool. And then Matt changes in the woods again, and it wouldn't be worth him turning up to work having been caught. Yeah, not when he is who he is. And apparently Harry has a big online presence, and Frank is basically a ghost. Yes. I get the the impression, given that they don't actually draw attention to it, but Frank's profession is listed as campsite owner. He probably, like, lives in the woods. Yeah, but if, you, mm. if, you, if you've got a campsite, you'd probably want to promote it, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I get the impression from the fact that he's not on social media and, and stuff that maybe he just lives in a cabin in the woods with Blaze. Yeah, maybe, maybe. One thing did occur to me, though, is that Frank's a camp owner and Harry just owns camp. Huh? Oh my God, you're up. You're up today, aren't you? I know. <laughs> this is the second this, one. <laughs> this is this is what happens when I have nearly a year oh, off. <laughs> oh my gosh! And they are complete opposites. Chalk and cheese. Harry likes to party, and Frank doesn't. And Frank is very work orientated. And Harry is scared of cows. What? These two are going to be fun. I have to say, I can't <laughs> imagine for a minute they're going to go that far but it'll be fun. See, I don't actually know that much about what happens this year. I knew far more about what happened last year. I know who gets the posters, and I know one thing that happened on the run, which we will see, because it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I just don't know how... I don't know how quickly they'll get to that. If it happens next week, that's probably quite telling. Amazing. Did someone jump in a canal? No, someone did something to taunt the hunters. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Someone posted on uh, on social media a video, shall we say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I genuinely don't know that much about what happened this year because I was trying desperately to not spoil myself as much as I was last year. No, I'm the same. Yeah, there's just that one incident that I'm well aware of. But other than that, no, I don't I don't know an awful lot. And Frank says that he's protective of Harry because he's gay and sees him as a second sister. <laughs> which, which Harry's delighted by <laughs> and that was the quote where I'm sitting there watching it about 15 minutes later in the UK going I don't want to look at Twitter right now because Frank's going to have his arse handed to him <laughs> they're brothers you can say stuff like that yeah but maybe not on national TV not on the top trending topic of the UK on Thursday <laughs> Yeah, and a show that appears to have already been commissioned for another series Oh, it certainly looks like it, because they're taking apps. Yeah, so. they, they've never advertised for applications before the end of the series before. And they advertised it at the end of this episode. And HQ gets CCTV of Nick and Paul, in inverted commas, uh, arriving at the train station. And interestingly for us, you can actually see the request system that the hunters seem to use with Kevin behind mm. the CCTV. Mm, I wonder if we'll get to see that again. With uh, the status of certain pieces of information being approved and pending. Oh. And I'm sure Gold Command himself will say, no, that's not our system, but it certainly looked like it. It, ha- it was a spreadsheet that had fugitives' names on it and seemed to have like pieces of data. And HQ twigged pretty quickly that the CCTV isn't of Nick and Paul, and they've got the ANPR for the car, so the boys are screwed. And now we just focus on probably the best character of the episode in Lorraine. Because everyone's gone rural, and she's in Fort William in Scotland, and has managed to make it 300 miles in 24 hours. Go on. This is brilliant. I, I love that she's done that. She says that she's never stayed at anyone else's house before. 
<laughs> so, what? so you know, like, what is that? I know that is that is strange, isn't it? Never Very. ever stayed away from home. I mean, you think, yeah, that sounds a bit weird. But then when you find out that her mum's got agoraphobia and things, it kind of makes yeah. sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's got to look after her. But yeah, but one you... night, one night, if I stayed at a friend's house when she was younger. Yeah, but if no one else will take care of her mum, then I kind of get it. No. <laughs> no. If mum's at home, no, but if mum's at home, you've got her food or whatever else she needs for that night. Why Why couldn't you go to a friend's house just for the night? I, I'm a girl and girls sleep over at girls' houses. It's just something we do. So it's just weird that she's never done it. This is, of course, bearing in mind from the woman who wants to get rid of her kids at every opportunity. <laughs> yes, darlings, just go over to your friend's house again. I don't mind. <laughs> oh, dear. I say this knowing full well that you've just been away with your kids for weeks, but yes. it's beside the point. <laughs> oh, dear. And Lorraine's house gets raided, and oh, her, mum God. Suffers, her mum suffers from agoraphobia, and Lorraine takes care of her and wants to use the money to help her overcome her phobia and have a better life. That's nice. Which is nice. nice. It's going to be a shame when she probably gets caught, but it's yeah. nice. Yeah. She will get caught. She's not getting to the end. I think it's going to be... A, the, there's a few comparisons that we're going to make to certain previous um, fugitives, but she, I get a lolly vibe off her. She just looks like she's having an absolute blast at every opportunity. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I think she's going to be a very sad capture in like episode three, episode four. Oh. Yeah. Well, she's got a list of where she's going, for God's sake. <laughs> Always a good story. Why? Why? Why didn't she eat it? Tear it up! Why is it in a damn bag? But the good thing is, she knows where she's going. She does not, however, know what a sheep is. <laughs> wow. It's tricky, though, isn't it? You know, I, I, I empathise. Recognising sheep's hard work. I've never been this close to... Sheep? <laughs> That's how you tell, right? When it sounds like that, that means it's a sheep. Or sometimes it sounds like this. Also a sheep. Are you sure that wasn't a fox? Which one, that one? Fox? No, definitely a sheep. Never heard foxes late at night, Michelle. No, well, they're not <laughs> oh. a big thing here. Sometimes there are some foxes here, but not like over there, and I've never heard them make that noise. But it's scary as hell, foxes late at night. Yeah, horrible sound. But they look nothing like the foxes that Lorraine would see in Essex. No. <laughs> that was her excuse as to why she, she didn't know what a sheep looked like. Yeah, sheep in, sheep in Basildon are white and fluffy. I think she's getting them mixed up with clouds. but. And she meets a lovely guy at a brewery who gives her directions to basically go very rural, who says to her, I'm not one of those horrible people who'll grass you up for money. Which, of course, should not sound any alarm bells. Yes, which, when you see it on TV and subtitled, (laughs) the editors want to tell us something, and I I just can't pick up on what it is. What could it be? Could it be that somebody's going to ring up and dob her in? I don't know. No, surely not. That would be out of character. He had a voice changer on or something. It was a different different guy. Guy from the same brewery. Yeah, Yeah, but it still looked like it sounded like he had a voice changer on. It just sounded weird, garbled and really deep. That's just Scottish, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) Scottish. 
Maybe they just protected his identity given that they knew the Ben Nevis distillery would get mm-hmm. so much hate from this. Maybe. Although Lorenz done all right of it because I saw yesterday they tweeted her and said, send us a DM, we want to send you some whiskey. So there you go. She might, she might not get to the end, but she's got a bottle of whiskey and that's more than some of them will get. So there you <laughs> go. Very true. And HQ are onto the Fort William connection, so Blake's rings around the local businesses just to try and stop her getting any help. Which is a bit full on this early, isn't it? They, they really went for her. I think they were probably quite annoyed they didn't catch her on minute one. Yeah. Because they should have done, let's be honest. They should yeah. really, yeah. She should have been caught under the travel lodge canopy. Yeah. One has to wonder if she was less fun, would she have got caught on day one? But there you go conspiracy theories. I was going to say, you sound like one of the people on Twitter there, aren't you? Oh, no. Dangerous. But we're making a show here, right? So I do love how uh, Kevin O'Leary actually had to set out a list of the, uh, no. the rules on Twitter before it had even aired, just so people could refer back to them and stop bitching all the time. Oh, they'll still do that. Oh, 100%. Yep. On a Facebook group earlier, I had to send the same message four times to the same person to get him get it through his skull that it is not rigged. Oh, well. Which Facebook group is this? I want to say this, this is the Channel Four Hunted group. On uh, Facebook. Which actually is generally alright. Yeah, it's, it's okay most of the time. It's generally not a hive of idiocy, but occasionally you get the the odd irritating moron. My favourite is still the, oh, how hard can it be to spot someone with a camera? All right, I'll, I'll tell you right now, there is someone with a camera near them somewhere in Manchester. You know where they are? Oh, no, because you have to already be there. Yeah, the brilliant quote from Kevin on that tweet was, if HQ are looking for someone with a camera, they have to be close enough to actually see them, and then that might help. But until then, they have no idea. And also, most of the time, these aren't big cameras, they're probably going to be like as small a camera as is physically possible to try and give the fugitives a chance. But hey, please don't tweet us about that. (laughs) (laughs) Tweet Kevin O'Leary123. He'll answer all your questions. Don't tell him. (laughs) Great thing is, I know Kevin will listen to this. Hi, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Please invite us to any rap party. We'll happily go. Oh, I imagine you two there. Is there a rap party? Does it even exist? Do hunters actually party? I'm not sure, but I will happily meet one or all of the hunters at any point as long as I'm not on the show. Hey, do you have to be a British citizen to be on it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Pretty sure you do. Because then someone said to me, why don't you go on it? And I said, well, I've got a British passport, but I'm not a citizen. So I don't think I'd be able to. God, that'd be funny. You prob- yeah, you probably need to be resident here because they need to know who yeah. your friends and family are, aren't they? And you've got to connect with people, so I don't know. Well, I've got the two brothers over there, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe they I think you should apply anyway, Michelle, because all they can do is, <laughs> is say no. Seriously, yeah. I'm I'm not, like, blown smoke here. I think it would be amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. Funny. They're looking for applicants at the moment, and let's be honest, you would love the time away from your children. Oh my god, yes. It'd be so good. <laughs> Especially as I suspect you would probably be a mistress of disguise. You would just have a, a bag full of disguises and it'd be amazing. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't have room for a yellow jumper. <laughs> we need to make this happen, actually. Get Michelle on 100. You've got a British passport, so you can get away with it. 
dear. And let's be honest, £100,000 is like a billion Australian dollars. So You haven't been here yet. You haven't been here. You have no idea how much it costs to live. Jesus. That will settle up you and your unloved family for life. <laughs> and given that he's now paired up with Danny, Jordan looked very proud with himself when he said that the only way for Loren is back to Essex. I don't know, he's building up his part. <sighs> and I had a note saying perhaps Loren's short-sightedness with the direction she was given will actually help her, given that, you know, she completely has zero plans, maybe because, mainly because she wasn't listening to the guy in the uh, distillery. I'm hoping she's just going to bumble her way through. I hope so, too. I want her in as many episodes as possible, because yeah. she just looks like she's having a whale of a time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, wing it to the to the winning line. That's the way. Hmm. Also, how does she know what a yurt is, but not a sheep? I don't know, because yurts don't even make a sound to confirm what they are. So that's, that's difficult. What does the yurt say? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 your home for five-year-old memes. Yeah. <laughs> Baby yurt, do, 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 do. See, I'm bringing it up to date. <laughs> uh, did you see my photo from Singapore? There's an ice. There's an ice. Oh, you call them ice lollies. There's an ice lolly called Baby Shark. Yes, I saw it. Yep. Cool. I love how within the space of like three months, I've been to Singapore. You've been to Singapore, and Logan's <laughs> going to Singapore. <laughs> and never at the same time. And you're all so close to Australia, Michael. You never get down here. At least Logan's getting down here. It's on the plan. I've, I'm actually going to the Southern Hemisphere this year, so baby steps. Do, 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 do. <laughs> now that's trouble. I'm getting slowly closer to you, Michelle. Oh, where can I take you to get you drunk? You're not getting me drunk. <laughs> I don't drink. <gasps> right, I need a different plan. I was out with some people from work yesterday, and uh, one of them said to me, you know, this is a f- the first time you've actually ever been out with us. I said, well, that's because you're doing something fun rather than drinking. You take me bowling, I'm mm. there. <laughs> or Laser Quest, when I got disqualified last time for cheating. How can you cheat? They said beforehand, you're not allowed to crouch for some reason, and I'm 6'5", uh... I need to crouch. I was only hiding behind walls. Otherwise, I'm a massive walking target. And yeah, I, I got... Do- I got docked 50 points for that and got and dropped down to, like, third. <laughs> Why are you all so tall? Like, seriously. Yeah, Lo- Logan's, like, 6'1", six 6'2". Six You'll find yeah. that out in March, I'm assuming. Assuming yes. you actually want to meet him. Feb- February. February. February, is it? Yeah. I didn't think he was coming to us until March. No, actually, his second last day, I can see him on the Saturday, and it's actually my friend's 50th birthday on that day that night so um at least at least i'll have the day with him maybe i can spend the friday night with him too take him to your friend's party oh god can you imagine it's a dress-up hollywood theme (gasps) yes do it do it it, it. great at turning up unexpectedly to parties they they always end well yes i know (laughs) logan loves an older woman as well so it'll be fine and older women love logan oh gosh (laughs) Please do it, Michelle. Oh, that's funny. But don't tell him. Get him a tuxedo t-shirt and don't tell him. <laughs> oh, there's a good photo of him from years ago when he actually dressed in a suit. And I think he was someone from Pulp Fiction, perhaps, with a gun. Um, 
yeah, and he looked really good in that years ago. Just take him, it'll be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying this purely because I want the stories from him. Oh dear. I'm being perfectly selfish here. I've got a podcast with him every week. I want stories. Yeah, I know. Well, he's got stories coming out of Japan, coming out of his ears. Yeah, but his travel stories bore me sometimes. Sometimes I just want inappropriate stories from parties. (laughs) So, the lovely lady at the yurt place says to Loran, the ones who are coming to find you have already drunk. Which does sound like a riddle. (laughs) Yes! My first is an eye, but nothing can you. (laughs) And... My next question is, why does Hunter Steve always look alarmed? <laughs> I hadn't noticed that. Every time they cut to Steve Hersey, friend of the podcast, he always looks slightly startled. And it <laughs> makes me laugh that. every time. <laughs> I'm going to be on the lookout for that from now on, but I'm not, I've not spotted that. I think it's just his wide-eyed enthusiasm, but he just he genuinely looks a little bit startled at times. <laughs> and it makes me giggle every time. And then we end day two with Loren passing the hunters on the road as she escapes. Yeah, oh, I was rooting for her, but she lives lives to fight another day. Just. And on day three, Blex gives a stasis update. So Frank and Harry were dropped near Chester. And they hitch a lift on a canal boat with the iconic quote, "Come and find us, Peter." Yeah. <laughs> taunting the taunting Peter Blexley this early on. Really bodes well, guys. <laughs> I do love that Blacks does seem to just be the one stop shop for who people taunt now. Yeah. No one, no one sees any of the other hunters. He's the man, isn't he? He's, he's like anyone who was on, who listened to our podcast and was actually on it, would probably start taunting like Sherlock, maybe Zoe, yes, maybe Doug. <laughs> yeah, that, that would I'd be also- funny. Just looking at Cameron going, fuck you, Doug, fuck you. Come on, come on Dougie, come and have a go. <laughs> but everyone just goes for Blacks. Yeah. Mm, I'd alternate between him and Sherlock. It's such a basic move to just go straight for Blacks. And Ish and Nate are the next ones to talk about, and they were last seen rollerblading through Liverpool, and we hear a wonderful Nigerian David Attenborough impression. <laughs> it was good. It was good. I'm, I'm handing over the baton from my impressions now. That's it. You can have that one. I thought you might have had a Nigerian David Attenborough prepared. No, funnily enough, uh, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) And Emma and Jess have ANPR on their car, and they were continuing north. And then something interesting, Mm. in that Matt is the next one. I wonder whether you're going to come up with the same thing I did here, Ant. Um, The fact that he took 100 quid out. Yeah, the fact that he took 100 quid out. Yeah, when we were specifically told they could only take 50 quid out. Yeah, last year it was definitely 50 quid in the bank account, because I've had that confirmed by people who were on last year. Mm. There was a news article in the Daily Mail a couple of days ago that said, 50 quid cash, 50 quid in a bank account. So yep. what's the story? Mm. I don't, I Has don't it know. Gone up? I do not know. Maybe somebody could let us know, please. Has it gone up this year? Because it does seem that they've slightly relaxed the rules from last year in terms of like, being able to have a getaway driver, maybe getting a bit more cash. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it can't be a mistake because it's something that could very easily have been taken out. There's no need to, to put that in. So I don't know. It's an odd one. Very interesting. Uh, I'm glad if it's true because I think more cash means they can do more interesting stuff. So 
was I think in series two it was two hundred quid. I want to say. Mm, yeah, I've got, I've got a feeling in series one it was even more. Yeah, well, series one didn't have prize money, did it? So. No, that's true. It didn't have prize money. No, series one didn't have any prize money. It was just for the the fun of it, basically. Mm. Oh, wouldn't those people feel duped? It was a social social experiment in season one, wasn't it? <sighs> that's so bad. And also because it was, uh, oh, because he wasn't a deputy yet, they didn't have to pay for uh, Sherlock's hair products. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt is on the offensive and wants to get to the top of a mountain because the hunters won't go up there. Yes. Take him somewhere remote and rugged, make him work. Which Zoe basically says, he's going to take us remote and it's going to be far too difficult to find him. I would imagine that even if they do end up finding him, they're going to put him on the back burner, aren't they, for a while? Because... It's too, it's too hard to, to chase him at the minute. There's easier targets. And also, more importantly, his antics are very fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want, they will, they'll want him to do a few bits and bobs, won't they? Because it'll be different. Imagine being the cameraman posted with Matt, though. Everyone like draw, draws <laughs> oh. a lot on who they're going to have to follow. Yeah, yeah. And the, That'd be the, great, the, wouldn't it? <laughs> the poor bastard who gets Matt, and it's like, Oh god, I've got the super fit marine who's going to take me up a mountain every day. Why? Yeah. There'll be someone going, oh, I've got Loren who's never been anywhere. Okay, thank you very much. Who have you got? Yeah, the marine. Oh. <laughs> I wonder whether it's uh, who Kevin hates the most. It's like, yeah, you're the one who's annoyed me most in the past year. You get Matt. Have fun. <laughs> and Nick and Paul are... The ones to basically end the episode now. I don't think we see anything of anyone else after this. And they use decoys which piss Zoe off. HQ are watching their accomplice, David Seaman. So many Seaman jokes, mainly on Ant's Twitter. <laughs> and they are in Chroma in a caravan and are relying on associates. Yeah. I, I, I must admit, though, I do like the bit when Paul comes running into the caravan. He's going, Nick, 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 Nick. And he goes, what, what? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> it's brilliant. And it's at this point that we find out that both of them are former addicts. Mm. So getting a little bit of backstory to make us actually care about them when they get caught next week. Yeah, far too much backstory for them to go beyond mm, minute three of next week. Yeah, I think five is the absolute tops that anyone has guessed, because we do still need the intro and stuff. But Yeah, I mean, minute, minute three of actual footage, and that's it, they'll be done. They reminded me of Kirk and Jez, and yeah. they still remind me of Kirk and Jez. Yeah, absolutely. All signs are pointing to ridiculously early capture, which is a shame because I think they could have been fun. But hey ho, someone's good. someone's going to go early, aren't they? So, uh, also probably the most important question of the entire episode: Has Cyber Doug got braces? You know what? You watch things far too closely. Yes, it certainly <laughs> looks like he does. And I'm sure he will tell us, but it certainly looks like he was wearing braces in this episode. I have no idea. <laughs> but yet you'll go back and watch it and go, yeah. oh yeah, it does look like he does have braces. Yes, I will. I, I get swept up in the drama of it, Michael. I enjoy the narrative, the story that's being told. You're worrying about Dougie's oral hygiene. <laughs> I'm the sort of person who watches a video and then watches the background to see what shit I can look at. I know, I know. You're looking at the whiteboards and all the rest of it, but but not whether or not someone's got braces on. Christ. Let's be perfectly clear here. When they released the promo pictures of uh, Zoe and Sherlock and Blacks, all I saw was Doug in the background looking at an iPad. 
<laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> and you can go back and look at that picture, and you'll see what I mean. He's on the left-hand side, and Doug has actually confirmed that there was someone on the right-hand side looking at football scores. <laughs> hmm. I watch the background of stuff far too much for my own good, and it's very fun, and it's my mole watching coming out. I'm always watching for hidden stuff. And HQ have another of Nick and Paul's associates, George Gooden, on monitoring, and they have a burner phone and call him, and of course HQ have an intercept on it. And George went to the wrong church. When will they realise that a burner phone is only a burner phone if you don't ring someone they know you're going to ring? Exactly. As soon as... As soon as they said they had him on call monitoring, I'm thinking, someone's going to ring him soon and they'll get it. Who's it going to be? Oh, wait, of course he's got a burner phone already. Shocker. Yep. Every year. Do you think Nick and Paul have seen this show before? (laughs) No. (laughs) Because I I don't. I honestly think that it's a Lee and Hilmar situation where they were approached and production sent an email around to, like, addict support groups or something and said... We're looking for someone of this type. Have you got anyone who wants to do it? Yeah, it could be. Could be. Because Lee even posted out the email that he received saying they were looking for escape room owners. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they were looking for that kind of background. But yeah, I mean, that's such such a rookie error, isn't it? You know, burner phone to burner phone is the only way you can, it works. You can't mm. phone a number that belongs to someone. <sighs> Just say that again. I'm, I think someone was sneezing. <laughs> I wonder what that was. Yeah. <laughs> when are they going to realise? <laughs> Stop sneezing! <laughs> so it's my daughter on the other end of the house. She's so loud. Sorry. I'll mute. Just, Go d- again. Look, you've got a sheep in the house. <laughs> Run over and rattle oh. her cage, Michelle. Oh so shut God. up! <laughs> right. Are we you said it. <laughs> Yeah, when are they going to realise that the only time it works is burner phones? It's getting anywhere. Why don't we have any moose? Why aren't there any moose? I know there were sheep, but there were cows. Uh, Because it wasn't as funny. (laughs) There's a very real chance this episode's going to be called No Sheep Sherlock, by the way, Michelle, just to warn you. I already mentioned that to Anne. <laughs> anyway, try it again, Anne. I won't interrupt this time. When are they going to realise burner phones only work if you're phoning another burner phone? If you phone a number that's associated with someone and that person is linked to you, they are going to intercept the call. Please stop doing it. Sadly for HQ, uh, the nearest hunter team are three to four hours away, so they have no chance of catching them yet. And just to prove that they've not seen it, George drives them six hours down A-Roads in his own car. Yeah, while they're, while they're blissfully unaware that AMPR is not just on motorways. And also, even if it was, if HQ are on the right lines, they probably will get the information off, off Kevin anyway. And they make the connection to another associate who lives in Bristol, who's called Caroline, and she's left them at home while she gets supplies. Supplies! At which point... Sherlock says, kind of hoping they pop out for a fag, at which point they do. Perfect editing. And Steve and George go around the back of the house. Steve gets caught by a neighbour, and the neighbour tells Caroline. And we end the episode with Steve being able to see Nick smoking out in the back garden. But before that, we get the, oh, there's a car pulled up. Who is it? Who is it? Is it a hunter? No, it's a piano tuner. 
a piano tuner turns up. What? That's so funny. That sounds like a cover story if I've ever heard one. What? I know. When does that ever happen in people's real lives? <laughs> a piano tuner. Brilliant. I mean, we've moved houses in the past few months, and we now have a guy who comes around selling eggs, and I think that's slightly odd. Because <laughs> wow. we're not rural. Is there, a, is there a walrus as well, or is it just the Eggman? No, just the Eggman, goo 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 okay. <laughs> But yeah, a guy coming around to tune new pianos does sound vaguely euphemistic. It's a bit, yeah. Exactly. Sounds like a cover story. What, what, Caroline not here? Oh, well, I'll, I guess I'll have to tune the piano then. Damn it. <laughs> it's very weird. What are you doing? I'm just tuning the piano, don't mind me. Yeah, oh, obvs. Bizarre. What bizarre sequence. Um, I don't, and I think it's fair to say that, that Nick and Paul had what's often known in the trade as a dodo edit, didn't they? It's like anything that they could have done wrong was picked up, magnified, and put back on them as, oh, my God, look at these idiots. So there is there is no doubt whatsoever that they're going next week. I agree. Do you think it's going to be another uh, two-capture episode, or do you think it's just going to be a one? Um, I think it'll depend on how they want to pace it. Uh, it's possible we'll get that at the beginning and then we'll get another one just before the end. But mm, I think so. They do tend to, they like their cliffhangers though, don't they? So Yeah, I was going to say, I think they're going to continue the tradition from last year of having it get close to a capture at the end, but then not actually a capture until yeah. the next episode. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. It depends how the whole thing pans out, doesn't it? How many are going to make it to the end? And also it depends whether everyone got a um, got a wanted poster, because I know who got wanted posters. That's the main thing I know. Mm-hmm. And I know roughly when about they were released, but I don't know if anyone more should have got one and then didn't. Mm. They don't usually. Usually they put out wanted posters for everyone who's left. Yeah. I thought that, but then there's a couple of people where I have suspicions that they may still be around at that point, and then HU just have kind of given up on trying to catch them just yet. Yeah, because they're up a mountain. Yeah, because <laughs> wanted posters don't necessarily work for everyone. If you think about it, if you've gone proper rural, and they yeah. know you've gone proper rural, what's the point of sending a wanted poster out? Because they probably won't have internet there. Yeah. So next time, Nick and Paul run. Emma and Jess get trained, and everything gets thrown at Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Dogs, drones, dogs and drones, and planes and trains and automobiles. It's going to be uh, an interesting one, I think. I think that it's probably going to end the next episode with Matt being up a mountain and then everything coming for him. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Although we've we've had uh, incidents in the past where they've teased stuff and it actually wasn't in the next episode. So, never know. Drones, specifically. So, so what did we think? Episode one. I, I enjoyed it after I yeah. got over Channel 4's website being horrific. It was being an absolute nightmare with me trying to watch it and restart the program and it not restarting properly. So I was a bit distracted by that and slightly annoyed I couldn't live tweet along with it. But yeah, I enjoyed the episode. Yeah, I, I thought it was yeah. good. Not spectacular, but solid. The premieres never really are. Uh, there's too much going on and there's far too much interest yeah. to do. When people start getting tired and hungry and angry at Blacks, it makes it a much more interesting program. And I, I also think you have to remember that this is an entertainment show first and foremost. Stop taking it so seriously. Stop bitching about the rules being a bit opaque, even though they're less opaque this year than they were. And just enjoy it for what it is, which is a very entertaining TV program with usually a lot of likable people. 
Yeah, and, and you yeah. know what? That, that is a real consistent thread, isn't it? You know, we're now four seasons into the civilian version of it, and every year the casting is brilliant. They're all likable in their own way. They've, they've all got their own little flaws. They've all got things. They've always got interesting backstories. What's really nice is, is they haven't gone down the typical trope of just have ridiculous stereotypes and annoying people like most of the other reality shows seem to be going. I will say that even HQ are likable. That's something. If somehow Blacks managed to get a clean sweep, I wouldn't necessarily be horrified by that because it's nice to see those people succeed, and a lot of them are very nice to us, especially. Yeah, they are. They are all very, very nice. But and I think that's great. It's it's nice that they're just casting good people who are having fun. Yeah. And talking about good people who are having fun, I do have to say congratulations to Beth and Lee Wilson for the pregnancy. Yes. Beth is pregnant oh again. Gosh. The fourth wolf cub is on its way. Yeah, increasing the Amazing. Pack. Increasing the pack. So, congrats to friends of the podcast, Lee and Beth. And yeah, I haven't got anything else to mention, are we? No. no uh, very much Done. looking forward to this series, as, as we always do. It's, yeah. it's always good fun. And, you know, if, if things carry on on social media the way they started, I think it's going to be a lot of fun chatting with people. And one other thing I will say is, if anyone from Channel 4 is listening, if you want to make us an official podcast, do it, please. Yeah, please do. We'll, we'll be more than happy to enter negotiations about that. And I'm more than happy to call this the official Hunted Podcast, given that no one else does it. So just make it official, please. The official unofficial one. Yeah. Exactly. We've been doing it for long enough now. I half considered making the intro start off with, welcome to the first episode of... Your time on the run, the official hunted podcast from Reality TV Warriors. <laughs> and I may still do that from next week. <laughs> oh, you'll get in trouble. Kevin will have you. Yeah, I won't because no one from Channel 4 actually listens to us. It's only the fun people involved in the show. So, yeah, that's our episode, I think. Yeah. Michelle, you can let your kids out of the cage now. Jeez, uh, all right. I have to. <laughs> so. Thank you for listening to this Your Time in the Room podcast. You can join us next week for more Hunted episodes. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, our on Twitter pages, MJ Armstrong for me, Bulls Boy for Anthony, and Bear3333333 for Michelle. Also, if you're watching Vista Mall, we are covering that as well. And we will see you next week. But with that, Your Time in the Run is over. Bye! Meh!